When it comes to investing in innovation, trust the experts. RoboGlobal provides laser-focused investment portfolios that deliver access to robotics, AI, and healthcare innovation globally. The HTech portfolio captures the technologies transforming the medical space, providing unique exposure to best-in-class companies. Investors, turn to this diversified approach backed by research from the experts. Learn more today at RoboGlobal.com HTEC. You are now listening to The Bird Rights on Nothing But Net Network here on Dash Radio. If you like what you're hearing, go to iTunes and search The Bird Rights to subscribe to every episode. And welcome, Pelicans fans, to another edition of the bird calls podcast it, it is me uh it is i i guess i should say travis <laughs> tate you can find me at Traubeta on twitter um my good friend trevor Ritchie is on the other line and we are going to be talking about the uh the game that we just saw tonight against the utah jazz a 108 98 win hello trevor before I before you say anything. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell and Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, Talk to us at Cordell and Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Sorry, you can say a quick hello. I'll give you a quick hello, and I also want to say that once this podcast is out, Travis, it will have been last night, so you need to get your time reference together. True. We are on the uh, Nothing But Net (laughs) Network. And we are now on the Off the Glass Network of podcasts. True. You can find us everywhere, it seems. Um, so back to you, Trevor. Um, what a, first, it's going to be a long, a long night, a long, short recording session here. Um, just defeated the Utah Jazz 108-98. Not to me a very impressive. It's an important win. You, it, it seems like we have to hit the reset button every other week now, but not very impressive to me. What were your overall thoughts on the game, Travis? I am actually much more optimistic than you this time. Why? Um, well, because I like the way I. I understand that um, when you play a team like Utah that is pretty bad offensively and they are able to stay with you. You feel like you're like making mistakes, I think, but I actually thought they played pretty well offensively and then defensively. I mean, they're just playing against a team that's not very good. So um, I was slightly happy. I would say. I'm just not impressed from the fact that the, the turnover struggles are back 20 turnovers tonight. Etwan had six of them. Demarcus had four of them. Drew had five of them. And and now that I'm totally. I'm just gonna go ahead and take this curve now. Drew Holiday had five turnovers 
against the Jazz because he was handling the ball a lot more than we're used to seeing him do because Alvin Gentry decided to only play Rondo 15 minutes. And you can say whatever you want about how he plays on the defensive end or how not good of a shooter he is. But a couple games ago, the Dallas Mavericks lose by eight points, I believe, to the Dallas Mavericks. Rondo doesn't play the entire fourth quarter. Ask Gentry after the game, why didn't you play Rondo in the fourth quarter? Because they were going under screens and he couldn't knock down threes. Attention, that's been his entire career. You sign him on the understanding of what kind of defender he is and what he brings on that end of the court. So don't just show up one night and go, I'm going to give you 15 minutes and then hand the ball handling responsibilities over to Drew and not expect so many turnovers to happen because you're forcing these other guards to make the decisions that they normally don't have to. But other than that, the reason I know that was a left curve, but um, I'm not, I'm not impressed. I mean, what you get from Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins is almost a given at this point, but we also understand that it's not always enough to win um, Drew coming out and being aggressive like he should every night isn't impressive. Um, Jameer Nelson, ever since I, I was fell in love with him the first two to three weeks he was on the team, and since then he's been severely underwhelming, three points, two rebounds, four assists. But it's just not it, – it's what you expect. You should beat the Utah Jazz by 10 points on the road after you just lost two of the most disappointing games of the season. So it's just not impressive to me at all. So I'm not going to get too high. There's nothing to get too low about. It's just there's got to come a point where the Pelicans put together that stretch of wins, and until that happens, these these reset wins that happen weekly – they don't they don't impress me and I'm sure they don't impress most of the New Orleans Pelicans fan base. I got an even better reason uh for you to realize that that win wasn't all that it was maybe cracked up to be. I guess in your favor that would be uh Rudy Gobert not playing. Uh he's a big deal. Well, I mean also when the opposing team goes 7 of 32 from three point range that's 21.9%. Yeah. There's not many basketball teams that can shoot 22% from three and expect to still be in a game at the end of it. So yeah. it's just not, you know, the Pelicans are going to take any win that they can get at this point, especially against a team that is viable in the search for that eighth seed where the Pelicans sit right now, I believe. So it's important. It's just not, you know, it's not impressive. I've said every single podcast that the Pelicans all season will hover the line of 500 until eventually a stretch of wins is put together and maybe they can get to three or four wins above it at some point, hopefully. Something everyone around this team has been waiting on for a while not out of fandom or out of being starstruck over two All-NBA players, just because the eye test says the team is capable of doing such, and they're not doing it. You can't, I said this on the last time we were on the air together, Travis, I believe, you you can't, you shouldn't have to keep begging players to get back on defense, to be careful with the basketball. And at some point, it it has to come together, so... Until that happens, there's not going to be many people that are impressed. Well, well, well. 
I guess I'm just surprised to hear that. I don't know. Um, I, I, you know, I did think it was, it was a nice win. A, another um, good night for Darius Miller, who played an important role. He hit a bunch of threes there in the second quarter when, when uh, the Pelicans first started kind of building their lead. Um, and then they really took off from there. There was a lot of, uh, I loved late in the game. The last like four minutes was very, very much featured on uh, the two stars, both Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins had some and ones. Um, Drew had that one missed dunk. That was weird. Uh, but then they ended up winning by 10. What, uh, what do you think? I mean, is there anything more you can possibly add to? I know you already mentioned these guys, but talk about how good Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins are. I mean, they're so uh, unique for their size. Um, Davis is just, uh, I, 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 he's amazing. Uh, he's great to watch, and so is Cousins. So, uh, plus, Cousins gives you the added uh, fireworks every once and again, every once and again, every once in a while. <laughs> Well, their um, their skill sets are are given. I mean, we we speak about them and, and what they're able to do all the time. I think part of it that that plays into their success is, especially against teams like this that that don't necessarily in the first place, especially given injuries, have the capability of stopping them or containing them. But but when they're on the floor together, which unfortunately didn't happen as much against the Jazz as it could have with DeMarcus Cousins in some foul trouble at certain times. But when they're on the court together, they can do what they want to with the pace of the game. Sure, when one is off the court, the Pelicans might be able to play at a faster pace, but still with the way that DeMarcus, when he's not turning the ball over, can handle the basketball, it's able. it gives you the ability to dictate the pace of the game because you can do what you want to. You can get in the post, slow the game down, you can run the fast break with a big that, I, I mean, DeMarcus Cousins full speed coast to coast, unless he is just careless with the basketball, is extremely hard to defend. So so just the how athletic they are and their ability to get up and down the court when they want to and when they want to put that effort in, which is the key, it makes them really tough to defend. I You know, I made a note uh, at some point in the first quarter, and I said it. it, it seems like, uh, what I've seen a lot of from Cousins this year is that he's like simplified his isolation moves. So I thought maybe last year he would do multiple crossovers and spin moves and and uh, up fakes or something. And and this year it seems like it's more so just a one quick crossover and he goes right by you. Um, and he's able to get to the free throw line so much. So uh, yeah, I mean he's they both are very very uh, special players. I wanted to bring up something off uh, the floor. And that is, I want to give the uh, broadcasting duo of Joel Myers and David Wesley. They're big ups. You know, I think they're like super good. Um, always. They're, uh, they're always so good on like each possession, but then also they're both like, you can tell they're both really big NBA, just like nerds, basically. They, you know, you get the feeling at least that they watch a, a bunch of games, even non-Pelicans games. So they're really invested. And uh, and then the other thing that I know th- that I notice that they've been doing lately is they'll admit when they're wrong. Like at, so they when a play happens and they think that it went off somebody and it didn't, then they show the replay and it proves them wrong. They like admit it. 
which is yeah. cool. Like well, they 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 have great chemistry. Sense. They're always fun to listen to. To from my understandings and and when I've been able to be around them and and what I've heard from them, two great guys and and definitely always enjoy giving uh, that broadcast a listen. Yep. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on from the Jazz game? The only other thing that I could say is that the the defensive effort was a little bit better. I did like the way that Drew Holiday kind of locked in on Donovan Mitchell at times, and, and though. I don't know off the top of my head. He had 24 points, still still a good outing from him. But compared to some of the games he's had recently, like dropping, I, I don't know, what was it, 41 against the Cavs not too long ago, that uh, I, I did like what I saw there. But at the same time, not that impressive when you consider he's a rookie. And so saying that, oh, good job, Drew, for locking in and only letting a rookie score 24 points, I mean – I, I liked what I saw compared to what we have been seeing, but still not that impressive. So I'll, I'll leave it at there unless you have any other uh, comments. Yeah, one maybe this would be a, a question to you uh, about uh, how confident we – I've brought up this question before, how confident you feel about something. How confident are you when Anthony Davis is playing at center? Because I feel great. Uh, I think that those are probably our best lineups. And uh, I guess that means that Cousins has to sit in those few minutes when... And, and what's critical in that lineup is who you play as a stretch for. So so who do you like in that situation playing beside him at the four when Anthony Davis is at center? Because so that they, kind of did They were doing Cunningham success. tonight. Yes. And... It's kind of a pick your poison. I mean, you're able, like I said earlier, I'm uninspired. Really, really, no matter when either one sits, you're able you're able to do, and that's part of where being so upset and and dissatisfied with what we've seen so far is you're a, people don't understand how much you're able to do with those two guys. It's not just some set in stone system just because you have these two huge basketball players there's so many different things you can do with them and especially like you said when one's off the court and say Anthony Davis is running center and and should the team be healthy and in a rhythm and come out with energy and play with effort they can run a lot of things that is that are really hard for other teams to defend so so I don't really have an issue and I don't think at this point, it's much much of an issue with the lineups. It, it, it is at situationally, I can bring up some issues with certain lineups that Gentry decides to use. But right now, I think everyone would agree that the issue lies with effort and energy, and that's something that the Pelicans aren't getting on a consistent basis. Hmm. Uh, well, they can prove you wrong the next two games. <laughs> I hope so. When uh, when the Pelicans play the Timberwolves and the Pistons. Well, the Timberwolves, um, uh, I believe we've already lost to the Timberwolves twice at home. I was at one of those games. And the most recent loss to the Timberwolves, which was on November 29th, I believe. Andrew Wiggins had 28 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, Carl Anthony Towns, I don't believe either night, has had too great of an outing just because he doesn't 
he can't get anything on on Davis and Cousins, and he's not that great of a defender. Um, but uh, Tyus Jones had 16. Jimmy Butler had 19. Taj Gibson had 10. I mean, their entire starting lineup the last time the Pelicans played them had double figures in scoring. So it it's really just a product of, at, at this point of how much energy you can come out and play with early and how much effort you put in on the defensive end of the court. Because against a team like the Timberwolves, they haven't been too terribly great on the defensive end. So you're going to be, uh, you're going to be able to do a lot of what you want to do on the offensive end of the court. It's just what level of energy are you going to play with defensively? And that's been the key in the two losses to that team. That'll be the key. Now, hopefully after going into reset mode, after losses to Dallas and New York, both of which probably shouldn't have happened you hit the reset, you get a win, a win that you should get regardless against the Jazz. And now you move into this game where you're facing a team, like I said, where you've lost to them twice. There's got to be some level of energy and emotion and a certain aspect of revenge when you consider what the Timberwolves are looked at as when it comes to conference standings. So so hopefully that chains, changes when it comes to uh, this matchup on Saturday, I believe. Yeah, um, I think they, the Timberwolves are are one of those teams that um, everybody thinks is going to be very, very good, you know, in probably, what do you say, maybe three or four years or something. And we've talked I, about this before, about the futures of teams. I, wouldn't I mean, even wouldn't go you think that they would be years. really good in like three years? Yes, they, they could. They can be really good in three years. It's just... I can't really pinpoint because I don't cover them or watch them closely enough. I don't even really want to say that they should be three to four years off um, within the next year or two. I think if, if this core sticks together and Jimmy Butler. Jimmy uh, Butler. What? Yeah, I mean, he's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and, and honestly – he joins a team with two younger guys in Wiggins and Towns where, where he's trying to be a veteran. And once he finds his groove and maybe once he doesn't really have to play that role as strongly as I feel like he's having to play it now, and I don't think that should take as long as three to four years, which is why I'm saying one to two, I think they can be a perennial top five team in the West. And, and you know, I'm not sure if I see a conference finals in their future, but I don't think it's uh, out of this world or, or, or impossible for that to happen. But uh, I, I don't, I definitely don't discount what they, what they're able to do. They're also sitting on the end of a, uh, of a great career from Taj Gibson. Maybe I'm, I'm calling it too early, but I think uh, uh, he can still ball, man. you know, he might be two years away from being done. I mean, he's gritty. He gets after. He gets yeah, after the rebounds. He cuts. He moves. He gets open. He fights. Uh, he still got. He still looks like he's got a good bit of ball in him. But uh, yes, he's been a a fairly consistent guy and definitely someone that's fun to watch. What do you? Yeah. Uh, I guess give me a prediction, Travis. Well, I guess I'll say uh, I'll say the Pelicans are able to pull this one out. I don't know why um, 
Well, I know why. <laughs> Anthony Davis. <laughs> uh, I believe I don't have the numbers in front of me, and so I feel like a bad podcast host person. But <laughs> I know he is. I know he has played well um, against Cat. Uh, and he the wants last to game he had seventeen points five rebounds. Last game was seventeen points five rebounds. So compared to some of the outings we've seen, not too terribly great. But he only played eighteen minutes. So I don't. Do you remember what happened that game? Because yeah, that, it says eighteen minutes. So I don't remember off the top of my head. But yeah, like I said earlier, Cat uh, isn't a, a great defender, and like you said, Anthony Davis takes those matchups personally and uh, against guys like Giannis and, and Porzingis and Cat and, and just some other people in that young, big conversation. But, uh, I mean, you can look for a, a good outing from him. I'm, I'm kind of 50-50. I'm not too ready to chop it up as a win just because I think when you, you can ride the comp, they, I believe they just lost to the Nets. So I don't think that's going to sit too well with that group no. of players on top of knowing that you've already beat this team twice on the road and now you get them at home. So I would lean towards a loss. But that's just my personal opinion. What about for you? We don't have to go into depth. You can touch on what you wish. But what is your prediction for the Pistons game, which will be on the following Monday? Oh, um. This is another one where it brings back really good memories for me. I guess I'll never forget that game when uh, Anthony Davis had, I believe, 59 and like 20 rebounds uh, against the Pistons. Um, I just like that matchup for him. Although, apparently, uh, you know, comeback player of the year or something, Andre Drummond has been super good. And so it'll be interesting to see because I, I really haven't seen them play much this year um and typically that's one of the teams i kind of watch on uh on league pass or whatever but i haven't really seen him much so um apparently he's good you know reggie jackson as always and then tobias harris quietly doing whatever he does um, uh, he's not too quiet all the time he can he oh. can get buckets when he wants to Oh, he definitely gets buckets in that mid-range, too. And and then uh, I think a, a quiet guy you have to look out for is Avery Bradley. Yeah. I mean, guy can he, make shots. And and he can lock you down on the on the defensive end, so Absolutely. Uh, they're, they're definitely not a rollover team. Pausing one moment for station identification, you are listening to the Bird Rights NBA podcast on Nothing But Net Network here on Dash Radio. I would say I would say based off my prediction that I would probably say a loss against the Timberwolves coming back home on Monday. Hopefully I'll be at that game actually. But I, I'm not I know the, the Pelicans record at home is is probably right at five hundred right now. And I'm sure we don't have a winning record at home. I, I don't know. I don't have the stats in front of me. But I, I would say a win just because I feel like they'll bounce back from a loss on the road, be back home, get to settle in, be comfortable. Pistons not a great team, but definitely somebody that I feel like the Pelicans in the entire league should know that you can't just underestimate. And so for that fact, I'll go with a win. Nice. I like it. Me too. Um All right. So what is uh what what have you what what's your big picture? thoughts lately about this team uh as we sort of get 
into the dog days of the season a little bit before the uh, all-star break. Well, um, I think it's freezing they here, which is why true. I'm bringing all this up. It's um, freezing everywhere. I'll say, I guess, two big picture things is one I mentioned earlier. And and completely, even though I am a Rondo guy, I think it's it's fair to question the usage of Rondo as of late and what that will look like moving forward. What do uh, you want because, it to be? Um, I mean, I definitely don't think, like in the Mavericks game, when I, the, the guy had like eight assists, no turnovers, and despite he, – he opened – Rondo opened the game against the Mavericks, which was last week, I believe – 0 for 4. He missed his first four shots. But if you take that out, no one that was subbed in to relieve Rondo had a better night shooting. I don't think Jameer or Ian made a three-point shot that night. And for some reason, Rondo still didn't play in the fourth quarter. And that was a night where Rondo led or tied the team, tied DeMarcus to lead the team in assists and wasn't on the court when you needed a boost in the fourth quarter. Tonight, only played 15 minutes. I mean, that's just not... There's nothing in his production that you didn't already know before you signed him. You know he's not a great shooter. You know he's not the defender he used to be. There's nothing else that tells me there's a significant drop-off in production or, or anything of that sort. So I just don't think their ability to manage him right now is is benefiting the team because I feel like at this point, there's a little too much trust and expectation set for Jameer Nelson when he's been fairly underwhelming as of late that that's taken away from Rondo's ability to get in a rhythm, especially as of in, in down the stretch of a game. So that'll be one of my big picture and you can come on a uh, big picture uh, slots, I guess out of the two that I said I would use. Um, so you can come on that comment on that. If you wish my second would be, I'm curious to see, if Dell Demps and the New Orleans Pelicans will look to make any sort of move, move approaching the trade deadline. I would um, think so. I, I'm not sure what the team would be able to do or what they would be willing to move around and what they would be after necessarily because as, at this point you have no decent understanding of that or, or what the Pelicans might do. So it's something to think about and definitely something to be in the big picture. I'm just not sure what could get done. And, and you know, it gets dicey when you're talking about Dell Demps and, and you put Dell Demps trade and first round pick all in the same sentence. Uh, not too many people associate that with a positive connotation. So we'll see yeah. what that looks like moving forward. Um, going back to uh... – we got to go back to Rondo um, just because I, I think that there is reason to play him at the end of games. Um, and, to, and I'm with you actually on that. Um, I am not the Rondo hater that you make me out to be. He totally is. He is 100% completely a Rondo yeah. hater. So don't listen to him backtrack when Rondo actually has a 25-assist game, which is why I'm sure Travis skipped out on a pod sooner than this. So so that wouldn't be in the recency of discussion, but I'll let him finish his argument. I did watch that game, um, and obviously he was, okay. Admittedly, he was hunting for them, of course, 
Win, but uh, win, it ignores win. the fact that it ignores the at, fact that he he in a lot of ways how dominated many? most of the game. No, 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 don't do that. Because when you say a guy is is hunting for assists, that makes it sound <laughs> like he he on opening tip he started hunting for assists. No, give give an estimation it, of how it, many assists he had when oh, he, he already had no he already had like eighteen or something exactly. If I had eighteen assists, that's like that's like having totally. seventy points totally. with with a quarter left and telling me you're not going to go try to get eighty two to beat Kobe. I'm going to try to get a hundred exactly. You're going to start chasing. You're going to try to try to score thirty in a quarter yeah. and hold up the wilt picture. So no, I I don't even I don't even consider that hunting. Because I, I don't know, but we'll go with it. He was, but yes, he was great. Um, but uh, I, I just, I'm with you, man. I guess I, I think he ought to get some, uh, some playing time at the end of games being there with, with I mean, Davis just like, or, I'm sorry. or with both Davis and Cousins. I hate to harp on it, but I cannot tell you how badly it hurt me to hear Alvin Gentry. Tell everyone after the Mavericks game the reason why Rondo did not play in the fourth quarter is because people were going under on screens. That's really bad reasoning. Rondo's entire career, defenders have gone under on screens and dared him to shoot threes. And he's been, for his, his career, entire career, fairly bad at it. And that's, you know, that's not why you sit out a championship veteran point guard in the fourth quarter when you need a spark against a very bad team in the West. So hey, I don't as know you, as you noted on Twitter, he made a couple uh very early in tonight's game. Yeah, he started um, three for three, two for two on three. So uh, yeah. a good start from him shooting tonight. And that all that really helps when it it does hurt and I can admittedly say that it hurts when Rondo gets off to a poor start shooting because then he just doesn't pull that much of a threat moving forward, which uh, really bothers him when it comes to his ability to pass. But when he starts out on on the opposite of that, when he starts out hot, he's able to open up the game a lot more. And that really, and it's a shame to see him only get 50, 15 minutes in, in a setting like that, where he's is having such a good night shooting and got off to such a good start. But I guess we'll see where that goes moving forward. Especially, hey, yeah, so I, I asked, I forgot my original question was, what is this team looking like like long term right now there's it's really hard when you consider that i guess over the next 2 months we expect to see probably frank jackson incorporated which i know yeah. he won't get a ton of minutes by the end of the month then with you know i would assume 2 2 months into february sometime in march solomon hill at some point yeah. so you can't really put that much of a you know if we're talking about in the frame of the big picture it's really hard to see because I, I think basically what we saw the past few games is, is legitimately what the Pelicans are. They're not consistent. They don't always play with energy. They don't always make the smart passes. They don't play the same way every night, They're capable of 20-plus turnovers on a nightly basis, not that great at home. So it's just – until you put all the pieces together, which may come just a little bit too late this season, you can't really really put into words what this team is moving forward because we honestly keep saying the same thing of what the team could be down the road, what they could be moving forward, what 
they could be if this happened or that happened. For one, like I said, the pieces aren't there. I think Solomon Hill will be a big boost once he comes back. But two, we're just at the point where, like I said, we keep saying that, but we keep saying seeing the same inconsistent results that have happened the entirety of this season, which is why the Pelicans are 19 and 18. So there's no really good answer but to that. But don't you think don't you think that they are poten- that they have the potential to go on like a good run and yeah but we've been saying that for two months yeah we've been saying it for two months though that's what i'm saying we keep we keep saying yeah they're set up for a good stretch you know their their easy games are going to come at this point and this point or look at this stretch of games they should go three and one over the stretch we keep doing that every podcast every week every month and we keep seeing 19 and 18 barely over 500 basketball and that's why i'm just saying at this point there's not too good of an answer for it because nothing is staying consistent or the same so you can't really it doesn't allow me to be consistent on the podcast or on the show or with my thoughts because every time that I see a stretch of games at this point and see oh we should run off you know however many wins it never happens so the team is very capable of doing so can they put it together no one will know until it happens yeah all right I guess I guess I'll go ahead and drop my uh, giveaway Yeah. while we're at this break. I'm going to do the Bird Calls fans a favor and a justice for their dedication to the podcast by giving away, and this is the first time I'll say, I'll have a tweet out tomorrow, but I'm giving away a pair of breaking tickets. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. A pair of tickets being given away to the Houston Rockets game. Whoa. On January 26th at the Smoothie King Center, be a pair of tickets, lower level, half court. So, Houston Rockets. Have, I'm telling you, that's a big game, and it's a there's a good bit of time for somebody to win these tickets. So if they want to enter, the, here's your head start. But you have to follow me. You can follow Travis if you want to, but you have to follow me at Richie TMR R I T C H I E T M R. You have to follow the Bird Rights. I want to see pictures from these seats. Yeah, exactly. They got to post pictures after the game. Um, you have to follow me, the bird rights, and you also have to rate this podcast. Right now we're seeing somewhere around 63 ratings, which isn't enough compared to how much work Travis puts into all of this. Oh. So, <laughs> so once we get to 100, if we get over 100, I'll announce a winner then. It's what January, it'll be January 4th when this podcast is dropped. So that gives you 22 days to enter this podcast. I'll leave the tickets that will call for you. Like I said, I'll announce a winner once the podcast gets over 100 ratings. You have to follow me, the bird rights, rate the podcast, and then go comment on my. I'll have, I'll have a tweet out and it will be pinned to my Twitter profile. We'll have all the details. You'll have to reply there when you're done to enter to win a pair of tickets to the Houston Rockets game Houston at Rockets. the Smoothie King Man, That's good. Ryan Anderson. Rhino, man. Hey. That used to be my dude. Trevor Ariza. Uh, he was never my dude, but Rhino was my dude. It's a shame to see what Eric Gordon has become, but oh. good basketball for him. Great stretch there at Houston. But those tickets are available they are up for grabs. it is uh click capello by the way 
How good is he? Oh. On a scale of one to good, I'd say he's pretty good. Man. But uh I mean definitely a great game. I mean those tickets face value are well over a hundred dollars a piece. So that is Travis and I gifting you with over two hundred dollars in viewership to the New Orleans Pelicans. That is front incredible. And center. So like I said, all you have to do follow me, follow the bird rights. Rate the podcast, your dedication, and I guess just weekly in and out listening to the crap that Travis has to spew to you while I make reasoning of it all. Oh my gosh. Has gotten us over probably now 50,000 downloads, a spot on Nothing But Net Network here on Dash Radio, and a spot with the Off The Glass Network. And so we definitely thank you for listening. You can defend yourself now. Uh, do you know Langston Galloway is on the Detroit Pistons? I did, and that is also my dude. I campaigned for him to go to the three-point contest, something I also think Darius Miller and Etwan Moore should be considered for, though Both. they probably won't. But I thought Langston, when he was a Pelican prior to the trade that sent him to the Sacramento Kings, I thought he would, was a very good three-point shooter. I didn't think that he had quite developed into the player that he could be and i still think he has some potential fun fact he's also signed to q4 sports which is uh etuan's moore's shoe deal thing langston is also with the same shoe people so shout out to q4 i like the kicks but yeah dude uh galloway is my that's my guy he used to uh he used to retweet some of my articles when i was trying to get him in the I wrote a I wrote a piece saying that I thought that he was a legitimate candidate to go to the three point contest based off some some metrics and analytics that I had looked up, and uh, he shared those articles. So shout out to Galloway for the support. Nice, wow, fan of. The, I'm just gonna say fan of the podcast. I don't know if he's a fan of the podcast because he was gone when we by the time we were on the podcast. But Langston Galloway, uh, he's a fan of me supporting him. So I appreciate the support either way that it comes. Bird Calls is all on board with Langston Galloway. However your career develops, we will follow follow you. This is the Bird Calls. Um, I guess I say goodbye now. Goodbye. I would just like to thank our listeners, our Pelicans fans, for listening to the Bird Rights NBA podcast on Nothing But Net Network here on Dash Radio. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and follow us at the Bird Rights for the best New Orleans Pelicans coverage available. Your support has already landed us over 45,000 downloads, a spot here on the Dash, and a feature on the front page of Blog Talk Radio. Who am I and how am I feeling? I'm Clive Owen and I'm great, thanks. What if businesses could really understand how their customers feel, act on it, and make them feel better? It's a thing. It's SAP Experience Management. For more, go to sap.com xm. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! 
Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance.